Hello and welcome to Wrestle Opinionated. This is our podcast all about the great and awesome shows of AEW. We are your hosts. I am Morg and this is... Former Lord of LARP, Matthew Strange. It's true. <laughs> so, how have you been this week? What have you been up to? Anything exciting? Have you recovered from WrestleMania? I've watched so much wrestling. So much wrestling. Uh, yeah, otherwise good. Uh, stayed up a bit too late last night playing weird indie Steam games. but uh, And then got accosted by the powerful one this morning. But yeah, a little bit tired. I was a bit grumpy before I got to you. And we've obviously had our tech issues today. But yeah, good. How have you been, man? Uh, I've been quite good. Uh, recovered from WrestleMania. Actually some time off work this weekend which has meant playing uh, lots of final fantasy remake out weaving me on that one i've never quite made it to the final fantasy circle oh well at, at some point at some point anyway we have a review tier system which is how we give our reviews of the shows and because this might be your first episode we are going to recap the tier system for those of you who've already listened before Bear with us, though, obviously, as always, this will be a different take on the tier system. Over to you, Mr. Strange, to explain it. Okay, so obviously the tier system comes from a Japanese school system, then became popularized in uh, over here through games like uh, Resident Evil, Ninja Scroll, Japanese games that would rank you based on ability, going from D, bad, up to A, good, and S for your superb level, your top tier. Um, whereas I did Kurt Russell uh, for WrestleMania, today I'll be... Uh, Giving you the tier list in the form of original members of Degeneration X, male members, because there's only five ranks. Uh, in D, we've obviously got Road Dog. His thing is he spells his name. I can't really tell you much else about him. Going up to C, we've got Billy Gunn. He is an ass man. Uh, he may not have been the most mind-blowing of the members, but you had solid matches. He was a good guy, and he's got a lot of charisma. Not going anywhere particularly amazing. B, we've got X-Pac. Now, I know X-Pac uh, does have the term X-Pac heat, but if you look at his matches from the 1-2-3 kid straight through to later stuff, he's solid. It was once said that if you can't have a good match with X-Pac, uh, you just can't have a good match. I think I fucked that one up a bit. Don't worry. Moving on. A, Triple H. Obviously, his career did change a bit in the Conan years, but back in DX, good matches, solid rivalries, great personality. He's just not quite winning compared to the S-rank member, the truest, most powerful member of Degeneration X. Obviously, Shawn Michaels, plenty of people's favourites. I think he can be a bit of a dick, but entertaining as hell, great matches, brilliant guy. And if you don't think they're hilarious, watch Trips and uh, Shane doing their impersonation of Vince, Mc uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. I called Shawn Shane there. Very similar names. Either way, that's our tier list. From least to most powerful member of DX. Cool. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I like that. So this week, we are over to the news. And our first bit of news uh, is actually some WWE news. Um, because WWE have released the review. hear you say well the revival have been trying to get their release for a while and they've been twitter feuding with a certain couple of young gentlemen that we like to refer to as the, the young bucks <laughs> um so also uh 
the Revival have been wearing FTR on their shorts, on their trunks for a while. And this stands for Fuck the Revival, which I believe was the hashtag the Young Bucks used in their Twitter feud. So I'm pretty sure that the Revival being released is actually the Revival are going to be coming to AEW. We know they want to go there. They want to face the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks want to face them. It's been talked about uh, for ages in loads of different circles. So I, I think that as opposed to most of like the uh, suspicious news we had, like uh, Randall Keith when he was uh, flirting with Tony Khan and people online, this one seems a lot more like realistic and actually happened to you know, going to happen. They have to say, what is it, like 90 days or something? Uh, yeah, there'll be probably the standard 90 days, no compete. Um, but the, in the current climate, that's, you know, three months. That's not necessarily a bad thing if we think that in three months' time we might get audiences again. Do we know where they live? Like, how, do they live near the books, like, state-wise? I, I know America's a pretty big place. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually know. I would. My automatic assumption is everybody who's in WWE lives near Stamford, Connecticut, but they don't. Um, because um, because they might not be able to perform for money or on a show. But we have had wrestling on being the elite recently. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, and Matt Hardy did go on to uh, being the elite before he was officially released. I think all the young bucks yeah. appeared on his show. Infinite possibility here. Yeah, um, this is going to be um, the the Rockers versus the Brainbusters for our generation, or for the, for the next generation. To be fair, if we've all you know, me there, Morg. Well, I have no idea what you're talking. Well, the Rockers, about. <laughs> the Rockers is Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yeah, I know and, the Rockers. And the Brainbusters is Tully and Arn. Oh, okay, cool. So and, that's 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 your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, Hardy Boys, for, I can't think of a team that a team that Dudley's. were ridiculous. Dudleys were more hardcore. I can't think of one that had that old school technical edge. Nah. For the middle nah, era, it was Att- attitude uh, era wrestling was all ludicrous ladders, chairs, not not so classic. The golden age. Uh, yes, um, and I believe you have some news for us as well. Anna Jay, the evil magician, who I was very excited about uh, last week, has been signed. She's in, which is great because everybody QT trains is amazing. Uh, also, Sammy is uh, is going to take down Pineapple Pete for Jericho. Pineapple Pete, of course, being I, I don't know if it's Sug D, Suge D, or Suge D. I'm I'm sorry, I I haven't listened that well to the commentators, but that um, I believe he's a British wrestler who. Uh, interfered in the match uh which we're going to review in a bit actually uh oops um is uh who was dubbed pineapple pete by jericho is going to be taken down by sammy so i'm quite excited for that i'm enjoying the love for uh for wrestlers not many people know you know the uh, traditional jobbers is uh they're getting some love and that that pleases me greatly in my indie soul i'm i'm, I'm hoping that actually leads to um suj I think it was Suge, uh, getting hired by AEW. Well, I think it's quite likely, because they're talking about a secondary show, aren't they? Which should, I'm going to guess, be this year or early next year. So getting a lot more talent in, and uh, I'm enjoying the love for uh, you know, like the British over there. We've actually got a good show of uh, British wrestlers. So that, that's quite nice. 
It's a bit more uh, multicultural than uh, all of your English and British wrestlers literally wearing their flag. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> You're from believe... England. You must love being English. That's eh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that's all the news we've managed to find for AW. I mean, currently things are obviously quiet. Yeah, life is slow. Um, it's kind of cut down on pretty much everything. People have gone through the hype days of getting excited and doing dumb shit to excite people, and now people are just just getting bored, I think. Good thing we're here to save yep. the day. <laughs> yeah, we're here to keep you entertained. So, that's all the news. I better shout out somebody on Twitter. This is over to you. So, I'm going to go with um, a man I did not rate at the start of AEW, a man I was not a fan of, but a man I, uh, I now love in that uh, masculine admiration way, especially as he's like younger than me, which makes it a bit weirder. Um, a hangman Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page's Twitter feed is full of meta jokes, jokes with other wrestlers, little ripping comments between them, the occasional little anti-capitalist slash anti-establishment uh, comment, which pleases me greatly, art, a hint of nihilism, everything I love. But if you only go for one reason, if you don't want to follow, look at the horse dick conversations or his little banter with the best friends, go and watch the video he put up for Stay the Fuck at Home. The other day, which is essentially him doing ordinary things in his house whilst the special effects and explosions and dynamite music plays. The man is wonderful. I think he previously he was just like, I'm big Texan wrestler man. Now with these jokes, just just go and look at it. Get a hint of his personality. The man is genuinely funny and seems like a cool, caring guy, which is, of course, an important thing in wrestlers. Don't be a brogstro, man. He's. He, he hates the poor. Yes. <laughs> Hangman's great. Go and have a look at him. Once again, it's a bit of... Uh, other than going, this man is hilarious and funny, just read through his interactions. Uh, once again, Twitter's quite quiet because everybody is in lockdown and there's not a lot to get angry over. I'm going to have to start moving into indie wrestler of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it, it is who you should follow. So... I think it's probably time then for us to move on to our review of the week. And this week is an interesting one. And we start, but, as always, with Being the Elite. Well, I had to message everybody going, Being the Elite has matches. Has matches. <laughs> yeah, this was, I, I had to hurriedly scribble down my usual format. So, Being the Elite opens with a small promo with um, Avalon and Cutler. And then has a match with Cutler and Avalon versus SCU. SCU wins with double pins. What did you think of the match and what score did you give it? All right. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, Homer. Like, as soon as he came on, obviously, in that uh, added thing, I was like, yeah, nobody shakes Cabradora. You used like to hate Excalibur, Excalibur as well. Uh, I know. It's amazing how people grow on me. I mean, he's. He's no uh, Matt Stryker from LU, who I loved with his nerd references, but uh, I don't know. He's, uh, Excalibur, you can tell he fucking loves the wrestling. He gets so exciting, and that just adds something to me. Um, but moving on back to the actual match. Uh, how good is Pete Avalon when they actually let him go? Like, people give him shit because obviously he's squashed and jobbed out, and the librarian gimmick took a little bit of time to become that meta 
hatred that we've got. But he's really good. In, in fact, the whole match was slick. Brandon's great. I obviously love uh, Cool Dad, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Ultimate Dad CD. Uh, it, it was better than a WrestleMania title match. I had a really good time. Like, I can't award it an A because there's no story. It wasn't particularly long, uh, but it was cool as shit. <laughs> I think it did did have a story. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. The, which it is obviously leading up to Cutler versus Avalon. Let's, let's just yeah. speak to the elephant in the room where one of them's getting their win. Yeah, no, it's, um, I had a story, but, you know, we're not tied into the big storylines. Uh, I gave it a B, like, it was shy of an A, just because, obviously, it was a short, thrown-together thing on BTE, but what they did was really fucking cool. I had a great time. I, I've rated it higher than, uh, oh, than any of the dark matches. Well, coming back to that later, yeah, yeah. it was really good. <laughs> and then, uh, we had, uh, Varying little bits and pieces. Then the Young Bucks versus, I've got them down as local jobbers. And then oh, I I've managed to catch them name, and it was Team High Risk. They um, were really good as well. Sorry. The Young Bucks, <laughs> yeah. The Young Bucks win. What did you think of the match? And what rating did you give it? Uh, well, at first, I started, once again, it tied into a little bit of a story, a little bit of, you know, come on, Nick, fight these jobbers. Uh, I always love meta humor. So anything like that wins me over. Uh, like with them clicking and adding the music in post and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing them again. The taller one did like some drop kick backflip thing at one point. And I was like, fucking hell. It it was wicked. I got a B again. Like, you know, people out of nowhere getting that grade of match, that grade of story. And th those guys were really good. Uh, and if we combined, if we combined the end of that story arc into what happened next, I would make it an S rank because I properly pissed my pants laughing um, with the Kaz challenge in the gym. Uh, yes, I, that was that was awesome. Um, I really, I really it. hope they squash SCU. I really hope they turn that on its head and and the squash matches the other way. That is. That will completely just make my day. Or if there's at least some confusion over who's being squashed mid-match. Uh, yeah, I think I think you can definitely look at SCU to turn the comedy up on that. They they have been comedy gold. Christopher um, Daniels, isn't it? Theatre degree comedian Christopher Daniels. He was never that good a talker in the old days of Impact. I'm sure he wasn't the great talker that he is now. It you seemed to be when he... Curry, Matt. Uh, yes. No, he had charisma, but... He wasn't, it wasn't until he got together with Frankie Kazarian for me. I, I loved Christopher Daniels as a wrestler. He was one of my favorites. Um, TNA's S-rank match. Yeah. Um, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles for the X Division Championship. That is a fantastic match. And uh, Christopher Daniels was my favorite in that match. But when he got together with Kazarian, all of a sudden, this charisma just exploded. I think letting him be that be that kind of slightly comedic heel really helped. Yeah, exactly. Like, I do, I do, I do, as much as I love Christopher Daniels, and he is an absolutely fabulous wrestler, I don't think his uh, character works best as I'm a wrestler. It works best as I'm Christopher Daniels, who also wrestles, if that makes sense. That's yeah. not to put his wrestling down, but his... Uh, his character work is so much better when he gets to jazz it up a bit with that little ultimate dad cheeky smile and comedy little lines. Like the Dark Order calling them fucking losers promo thing was 
was art. I, I think it's. I, I think he is just genuinely funny, and that's the thing. You've got to you. The best wrestling characters are people with their own volume turned up. Yeah, exactly. And Christopher Daniels is a genuinely funny, and he is that dad funny as well. But he's not a dad jokes. He is that kind of. It's it's not like when uh, we talked about DX earlier, when uh, Triple H and Sean came back, and it was your dad trying to be funny. Christopher Daniels is that dad who actually is funny. Yeah, exactly. He's a. Uh... I'm going to have to start writing a list of all of uh, my uh, descriptions. I think uh, this week I'm going to knock up my... Uh, and I'm going to do the graphic, my coat tier list. Well, my Macho Man Coat Award. And I, I might do uh, a list of all the nicknames. And uh, apparently I can't... You know, I cannot escape shame, shameful love Sean Spears. You're uh, <laughs> so good, though. And the other part about being the elite was the tease at the end of Nick saying to Matt, there's only one way to get him back in the ring. And... Taking it back to the old days, I think we're teasing. They will never be a Young Bucks breakup. They have said they will never break up, but I think they are teasing Nick versus Matt as a match. Ooh. I think that's what that teased. That That's my prediction for that. I think they're teasing um, Nick versus Matt, and that should be good. Yeah, they should be wicked. Brothers always fight the best. It's like any Penta versus Phoenix match where they really go to each other. Everything looks a bit better because they've always trained together. You know what I mean? They they know. It's it's, um, it's also that trusting um, Charlotte and Becky Lynch had amazing matches because they're such good friends. You can yeah, hit a exactly. bit harder. Yeah, you you can take those limits. Uh, Kenny versus Ibushi, but we'll uh, we'll come back to uh, Ibushi later. I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, although we don't give it uh, a, a rank overall, we have ranked the matches for funsies. Um, this is, to give it our usual ruling, this is a being the elite you need to watch. Not, yeah, it because, it, yeah, not because it's very important to anything else. The Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon story is showing up in being the elite and is showing up in um, a little in dynamite but it's and dark but it's mainly a being the elite story so it's not a should be on the main show but this is a being the elite you should watch um and those matches team high risk i've got a feeling there someone to keep an eye on delicious i i I think we'll see more of them i think they're using this time and they're they're getting some loyalty from the indie wrestlers who've been around the uh the actual show in the crowd and such like, and all the ones on Dark, I think they're uh, building up and showing us some of the talent we might get in the new TV series they're working on. It's exciting Um, stuff. Yeah. So from there, we move on to Dark, which we're going to give an overall score to. What did you think of Dark? I've just got, it was very short. Uh, It was all right. It was short. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll... Go through uh, my comments. It's They only made one A4 piece of paper this time, which is quite low for me. I enjoy Cody on the mic. Uh, and he works well with Tony. Him dunking on Cutie's hair was a bit uh, bit brutal. Um, this, ma- this match made me remember how much I missed moves in WrestleMania, apparently. Because Cutie Marshall is great. It's just his gimmick is really shit. And I'm sorry if people like classic wrestler, but man who wears pants and eats apples and looks like Josh from LARP isn't a gimmick for me. Um, it, it was a good, normal. They were good together. The, the, the match was nice. 
fine. C. Uh, Piles, which made me laugh. And Wardlow. Uh, the only thing I said as I started was I'll accept this as a squash as long as I see a spinning F10. I did see a spinning F10. Would have been nice to see some more things in a spinning F10. D. Uh, Tony, I've written Tony Average Larper Donati as the guy who felt Kip because he was balding with long hair and was very hairy. That's not fair <laughs> of me, is it? <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's harsh. Um, uh, and Tony, uh, Tony just Tony Shivani not being able to deal with uh, Jimmy Havoc on the mic made me laugh because Jimmy's got that very dry British sort of quiet way of speaking and sense of humour. I thought and Jimmy was, was hilarious, making... but I might be because I'm British. Yeah, exactly. I had a great time. And like when he was basically, you know, complimenting Kip in a uh, sexual way and Tony just didn't know how to deal with it. I'm like, that's just a British lads thing. Aren't you beautiful? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I gave the match a D. It wasn't particularly exciting. Uh, oh, no, I gave it a C. Yeah. I was looking at the previous match. It was all good and solid. The man who looked like Larper, Budget, Hitman Heart. Uh, he did a botch a couple of bits. Dark was fine, short. Didn't... Nothing has stood out to me as opposed to being the elite where I got really excited and hyped. And I like Kip. I, I, I really like Wardlow. And he did go for that Naito slow undress to annoy them. But in, in honesty, when, when your uh, half hour of Dark gets blown away by like... 15 minutes of matches in being the elite. Maybe we need to address something a bit there. Obviously, yeah. they're struggling with talent and stuff, so you can't be too harsh. What was your overall score for Dark? C. It filled half hour. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I, I think yeah. Jimmy Havoc was a highlight. So yeah, I love him. Moving on from Dark, uh, we moved on to Dynamite, which opened with a Jake Roberts promo. Was it worth a rank? Yes, I gave it an A. That was uh, I've criticised some of the previous ones because I enjoy Jake's uh, is verbosity a word? Verboseness? I like how yes. he speaks. <laughs> Here I come with my English GCSE. C. Um, yeah, no, I love Jake and it's actually relevant now. Like I, I criticised the one a couple of weeks back that he kind of didn't have a point. But he sort of brought it back in, and he's doing Jake things. Yeah, great. I love him. More Jake. More of that. Especially as it looks like he's struggling with isolation online. So giving him a bit of time and a bit of love. Yeah, wicked. More Jake. Uh, then he's we had favorite. Tony Schiavone and or Skiavone, uh, and Jericho on commentary, which was having Jericho on commentary was a bit of a dream. Yeah, I've, I've not even expanded. I've just written Jericho Gold because at least once per podcast we we uh, gush about how amazing Jericho is. Like he puts over everyone, even people he hates. He'll be like, "Oh, I hate him," and I'd beat him. But you know, he's really good at this or that. Just the man is great, hilarious. Pineapple Pete's Skiavone, just a brilliant choice, fabulous. So then we had uh, Lance Archer versus Alan Engels. And Lance Archer wins with the blackout. What did you think of the match, and what score did you give it? So, so last week when we had Marco, uh, I commented uh, quite excitedly about how far Archer threw Marco. 
Did you see how far he threw that angle, dude, with like his choke slam back throw thing? Oh, yes. I was like, fuck. My, my only real comment is he threw him so far. Like, uh, to D because it was a squash, but it was a high tier squash. Like, uh, C for a squash, D because it's a squash, if that makes sense. It didn't feel yeah. like. Like it cost Archer, like it added to him a bit, and every time Archer does something in the ring, I'm I'm like fuck, just because he throws people. He's coming across as the monster murder hawk, which he should be, and yeah, I'm really excited. Still a D because that time could have been dressed up a bit more, but yeah, good squash, a high tier squash, better than the WrestleMania match. Yes, title match. When you go to scale. Uh, yeah, that's fair. So then we had Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, Britt has a very nasty nosebleed. Shida wins with a running knee and Britt Baker's best match in AEW, in my opinion. It Wasn't it good? Wasn't it good? Uh, I, I love the fact she busted out a Feymasser to taunt uh, Billy Gunn. Britt was solid. Good character work in the room. Uh, but, but when she took it out, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that nosebleed was unintentional. But she's fucking ridden that to fame. That is, that is good work. Just fucking smiling and going through all that blood. Um, New there was t-shirt. A, yeah, it's awesome. There was a fucking amazing turnbuckle slam at one point. Uh, in my head, I want to give it an A. But this is like where we got to um, with the Anna J match last week, where I was like, is this a B or is this what a C should be? Because um, obviously you're used to seeing better women's wrestling than I am in an I American think, context. I think this was a B. Um, B or heading to it. Yeah, this this was a really good, really good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, Hikaru Shida has probably become my favourite AEW women's wrestler, which is unsurprisingly because I usually like the slightly taller Japanese uh, women's wrestlers, like I've said before, from WWE, my my three favourites. Um, always discounting Tony Storm because she's my favourite for a different reason. Um, are Io Shirai, Oscar, and um, uh, Joshi's man? Yeah, and um, oh, I'm having a mental blank now. Oh, um, Kyrie. Kyrie, thank you. Yeah, had a mental blank there for a moment. I was like, one of my favourite wrestlers. And I was like, hold on, you know all of the Japanese wrestlers. Help him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know and... this answer, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and Kyrie Sane being my, my three sort of like that I particularly follow. I own very few wrestling T-shirts and two of them I own are Oscar and um, Io Shirai. Uh, I so think he... your partner could uh, could tell you how much I like uh, Japanese uh, Joshi's from exactly how many gifts she received from me last night when I was researching. Yes, I was. What I, I I was looking at them this morning. Just a tide. What about this one? What about this one? Um, I don't know. There's a. I think it's possibly because. Um... Women's wrestling over here has not been taken seriously for very long, let's be honest. It's, it's rising, it's brilliant, we're getting some awesome stuff in WB and some brilliant stuff in the Indies, but it's only recently started coming to this uh, serious highlight. Whereas in Japan, Joshi wrestling is fucking serious. They hurt each other, and it's, you know, it's not quite as big as... Uh, Male only NJPW, but it you know stardom is one of their biggest things. Sendai Girls is a place where lots of uh, 
wrestlers go to train a bit like how american wrestlers go for a tour of japan sendai girls is a bit like that for american and british uh, british uh, wrestlers and then they'll often move into stardom after that sorry i'll just gush about about uh, stardom at you in the middle of this uh, this review um yeah so with my opinion added what score are you giving it is it getting i'm gonna a... give it a b this is a b i'm using your advice to settle on the women's uh, leagues because um well, because you're more used to watching better women's wrestling. I, the, the only real matches I enjoyed at WrestleMania that I bigged up were the women's matches and the jumpy dudes. Uh, but that's irrelevant at the moment. Yeah, we'll give it a B. That is what a B should be. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was entertained. Um, so then we moved on. We had a Kenny Omega and Naka, Naka, Nakazawa promo. Uh, does the promo get a run rating? Yeah. Um, well, knowing my phenomenal love for the best friends, yes, I gave it an A. That stipulation at the end, like the, there was no <laughs> build or reason for this match. You know what I mean? They, 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 these were guys who have all worked together. I think Nakazawa's worked a bit less with some of the others, uh, and they did a great little comedy intro to give us a reason to have a bit of comedy, yeah, you know, a bit of love for the match. Brilliant. That that's all you need. A little bit of entertainment in these trying times. Uh, then, so this this is like promo segment now. Then we had a Hager Mox promo. Um, Hager, I thought, came across a lot better in this promo than last week when I said he shouldn't be allowed to talk. Uh, he did do a lot better. He started the first half. He remembered to look at the camera. The second half, he was still reading off the screen. I noticed. Um, <laughs> one of the comments I've written as a uh, in a sarcastic thing is: "Is it the people's belt, Mox? Make sure you say that." Pretty long. Like um, I think it could have could have been cut down a bit. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Um. It was quite a long um, video promo. I mean, obviously they're setting up to a world championship match. They're trying to make it important, and they're trying to make yeah. Hager look like as Mox's first opponent. They're trying to make Hager look dangerous. So you, if you're a fan of the babyface Mox, then you're worried that he might lose it. Yeah. But realistically, no one is worried about him losing. I, I'm not worried about him losing it, but that's from a story perspective. I, I understand why your your baby face defeats the first monster heel who comes across him. It's the same reason your monster heel gets the belt first and is beaten by a baby face. Long, I gave it a C. It was, it was all right. Like I, I think having other people talk about Hager in a menacing way and having him speak less would aid to uh, lend to him. But then again, I also think if his, uh, if his finisher wasn't called the arm triangle, he'd be a bit more menacing. So here we are. Yes. Uh, and after that, we had a Cody and Spears promo uh, for the quarterfinal match later. I thought this was quite a good promo. Uh, what did you yeah, think? Yeah, it was a strong, a strong set. Good. Um, my shameful love of Sean Spears coming in. But it recapped things. Like, obviously, their feud sort of ended with one match. But they've, they've, they've brought it back. They've given us a bit of character. Yeah, it was good. If I had to rank it, I'd give it a B. It was just a nice little thing, giving us a bit of heart for the match, which is arguably what the uh, best friends promo was. You know, it's that's all you need. Just a little bit every now and then just to go, oh, remember, these two they hate each other until they come back together when Tully and Arn get them together. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, so then we had the best friends with Orange Cassidy versus Kenny and Naka 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 Nakazawa. Uh, with the best friend's name on the line, the best friend's win. I don't know the name of their finisher. I couldn't remember it. 
Strong Zero. Strong Zero. The second I said I couldn't remember it, I just remembered it. The most powerful of the everybody ha- every tag team has a power driver, bum stomp finisher. Check out an earlier episode where I bitch about that problem. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think of the match? And what score did you give it? All right, this was basically a DDT match. Um, don't know if you know about DDT. Uh, DDT is the Japanese comedy wrestling, which gets incredibly Japanese. I've seen people defending themselves with umbrellas whilst other wrestlers fired fireworks at them from their hands. Japan. And I've seen a man do a hurricanrana from jumping from a swing <laughs> onto a man. Uh, yeah, it was good, but chaotic. Um, the problem is, as a man who is a, uh, shall we say, a scholar of weird Japanese wrestling and indie stuff, uh, some of the comedy was good, some of it didn't quite hit. I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the, the, the not best friends uh, drop to a dick team, tag team move. Yeah. It was good, a lot of good moments. It just wasn't a really good comedy match or a really good wrestling match. It was entertaining for what it was. I had a good time. It's just I've seen better comedy and better wrestling. So I gave it a C. It was good. It was entertaining. It filled the slot. Um, Chucky forgot to distract uh, Aubrey when uh, OC blatantly attacked Nakazawa. But Chuck dealt with that in the normal way by on Twitter just saying he forgot. Lol. Um, (laughs) so yeah it was was a good all-round nice mix of matches the dick slide thing with the oil is a move i have never seen and that was that was wonderful uh yeah see good entertaining but not the best comedy match and not the best wrestling match so it sits in the mid ground for me um so then we had a Brody lee promo with more vince pops or what i'm assuming are vince pops uh, I'm going to take your word for it because I think he's just being like evil businessman man now. I was digging it. I enjoyed the this man has worn a suit. You guys look like shit. And then he gave it off of the guy an opportunity. And I'm like, oh, Dario Cueto, which I still dream of arriving. Yeah, good. I, I'm maybe because I'm a mute. I don't see the Vince things. I'm enjoying it more. Now it's sort of settled down. The first stake one kind of cost me. But now he's now he feels like an evil businessman cultist i'm uh yeah yeah it's good so after that we had a very short brit baker promo mainly showing off the blood on her nose i'm guessing that was a thrown together promo uh wasn't huge i don't think it's going to score unless you want to score it but it was kind of cool to see somebody who is very pretty and has that character showing off the fact that she'd just been in a hell of a match. Yeah, just looking fucking smashed. She's reveled in that and it's made her look badass. Um, More Hager Mox promo. I think we've already covered that. This was very much more of the same. Uh, My other comment there is arm triangle is shit and I like death triangle. (laughs) And after that, we had the Matt Hardy promo from the Hardy compound where he challenges Jericho to elite deletion. What did you think of the promo, and did it get a rank? Oh, I, I, I obviously gave this an S rank. Um, meta jokes, observational humour. Why is he wearing leather pants in a pool? I don't think Sammy Guevara is Spanish. If I was to ask him, I, I don't even know how to say, do you speak Spanish? But I just remember, no hablé español at the end. So he speaks Spanish to mock it. 
Jake and Steins. It's 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 awful dad meta humor, observational humor, and it's gonna lead to a Jericho Hardy match at the compound where I mean, fuck knows what's going to happen. This it, this, it will this. be a bad B movie. If you think of the uh, the Boneyard matches being a good episode of Buffy, um, what the deletion matches are, they are bad, but they're bad good B movies. They are. As a lover of um, Bruce Campbell, I am down for this. And in all honesty, with the Boneyard match, they've kind of opened the door for them to go stupid especially with the funhouse match you know but previously where tony Khan might have been like now now let's not make it too stupid now i can just imagine he's sat there going go on fucking do it <laughs> go crazy yeah. i think with the guys and the humor that you've got and other people the the only thing i'm a little concerned about is the fact that they don't have the other guy who was behind all the total non-stop deletion stuff um because he's in WWE now and was the guy oh. who worked behind the Boneyard. So this is very much now on a new bunch of people with mats. And we need, currently, it's all been very good. And I think having Jericho there is going to help. Yeah, the, the two of them so can, I th- can uh Yeah, can I think they're back. safe. I think they're safe. Jericho's sarcasm can bring back Matt's ludicrousness to uh, more of a reasonable comedy, if necessary. I hope that makes sense. So then it was Brody Lee versus Lee Johnson, and Brody Lee wins with a discus lariat. I think I know the score, but what did you think of the match, and what score did you give it? D. He did. He, he at least did a couple more moves this time, but yeah, passable. Whereas I feel the Lance one had a bit more like drama and excitement in it, and he picked him up and threw him big distances. We just sort of had a little storm of moves, and it was over. I, I wasn't particularly impressed. I, I want to see Brody do something of worth. Or his other little dude who he said an opportunity, offered an opportunity to, I expected to do something, but that didn't get paid off either. Yeah, meh. Yeah, I was a little sad that that didn't get paid off. Yeah, you know, it's so weird. Like, I, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be in the crowd and hit him with a chair or something, or he'll be the ref distraction or something. But no, weird choice to have in the previous promo and then just have a, a squash match. Brody needs to do something. He needs to have a cool match where we can actually see him look badass. Yeah, he needs Christopher Daniels, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, X-Pack him. Have a good match. Yeah. I think also he needs Christopher Daniels because he needs that high-profile win now that isn't just a squash. Yeah, completely. Just needs needs a little something. But then again, there's probably people getting used to actually wrestling with him again, so that, that always takes time for a good match. Yeah. Just makes me sad. And then to round off Dynamite, we had Sean Spears versus Cody with Brandy. Uh, first match in the TNT Championship Tournament. Cody, double crossroads, and I picked up my pen to write down that Cody wins with the double crossroads, at which point he didn't, and he won with the figure four, which was different. What did you think of the match, and what score did you give it? uh, Cody needs a new finisher, and I hope that's what they're building up to in the story. I hope that's going to be a a point, because he's dubs crossroads a few people now. We've had Wardlow bump out of one crossroads, if I recall, or did he bump out of two? I think it was one, yeah. Yeah, um, so Cody needs a new new finisher, and if they tie that into a story, maybe with this Aunt Talia uh, uh, evilness, who knows? Um, 
Oh, during the match, Jericho called Brandy Melissa, and that made me laugh quite a lot. Uh, my my shameful love of Sean Spears and his love of weapons. Apparently, I'm I'm down for Sean Spears things being I I get a variety of different implements, and the two of them are good at wrestling together. Ending was unusual. Maybe would have made a bit more sense if Cody had done a bit of limb work. You know, worked on his legs and then figure forward him up but otherwise it was a solid match i gave it a b the end was a bit weird and confusing but we can see where that goes uh, so, as long as it does go somewhere so that was dynamite uh overall for dynamite i think we're looking at a b yeah we're, we've got a solid b most of the matches were good the squash matches mostly overlooked and one of the squash matches was actually all right for a squash yeah it was a b it was a good dynamite yeah and also, a little bit of a bonus this week, because I think you should go and watch it. There was a Cody bonus YouTube promo. Um, oh, and I'd yeah. just like to just like to hear your thoughts. Dropped you on, dropped this on you a little. Like to hear your thoughts on it. I should have been prepped for this. Didn't I send you the link? You did. <laughs> and I've not made any notes. Um, it was him smoking the cigars and talking about how he needs it. It was also um, the play, building everyone else up and why oh, yeah. they don't need it as much. I mean, Cody is amazing at promos. Um, and I like these promos where it's him smoking cigars and looking rich and talking about people. Because if you listen to the lyrics of Cody's intro, Cody is a heel. <laughs> Cody is not a face. Cody is very much about uh, doing what people keep saying he's doing, like Jericho and people saying he's just about himself and MJF. That is what, if you look at Cody's character from a theatrical standpoint, he is a selfish rich man. He is the opposite of his uh, father's hard times promo. He is more like Ric Flair than his dad now. And I enjoy seeing that in his character telling. Um, obviously the man can talk, he's wonderful it was a really cool video package and people should watch it you're right to have uh, brought this up I just wish I'd made some notes I like the fact that yes he can play the uh, the spoiled rich guy but still cuts a great baby I, I honestly think currently he cuts my favourite, I'm not going to say he's the best because I've probably been in promos that I've missed but he certainly cuts my favourite babyface promos at the minute um, he's an underdog rich man, and that's a really unusual uh, and it character. Works. Uh, um, yeah, and he's made it work. Um, part of it, I mean, part of his gimmick is the fact that I'm Cody, who you all like, and that's why I'm a face. I'm a face because you all like me and because I'm from this family, um, because Dustin, who is an awesome baby face, is my brother. Um, um He's going to go heel. He's been heel in every other promotion. And in fact, he had a great line in, was it? Yeah, it was Impact they were last in, wasn't it, before? Yes. Which was when he was talking about people only come here to see me. I'm putting food on your table and daddy eats first. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I think we're going to slide back into that as soon as he actually gets a title or he gets cut off properly. And he might get cut off at the end of this. I think we're going to get heel. I think we're going to start to see the cracks in Cody and he'll turn heel. That's um, my prediction. Yeah, something I was actually thinking about. that We haven't seen a babyface turn in AEW. We have only seen heel turns so far. But I don't yeah. think they've been going long enough for people to get behind a particular um, heel for them to need to turn face yet. 
No, we've uh, we're still quite solidly building characters and interactions, and that's working really well. We'll get some turns soonish, I'm sure. Who? What healed? Uh, oh, that sounds like that sounds like a discussion for the for the, for the future. Yeah. That one does actually. I can note that one down. Who would you turn? Yeah, who would you turn the other way? Uh, so uh, that is the end of our reviews. Um, all in all, I think it was quite a solid week. Dark was a bit of a dip, but we had some other really good stuff. So are you psyched up and ready, Mr. Strange? Because last week we were positive. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I've, uh, I've done my reading. I'm armed for uh, why it should have been a fucking trio's belt and not a mid card. So I think that's giving it away. And yep. it is over to Mr. Strange for the rant of the week. All right, okay, so wrestling fans fucking love mid-card belts. Oh, throw in a mid-card belt so people can fight over not quite a good step. There's only been one good mid-card belt, and that was the gift of the gods belt for Lucha Underground, because you had to beat other people to fill that belt up to get the title. It, was, it wasn't a stepping stone, it was an escalator. And now we're getting a second show. Did we really need to introduce a mid-card belt? Surely we could have just held out for there then and just got a new belt for that show. But no, instead we've got a television championship, which is a shit name for a belt. It's not even a made-up like the Intercontinental or the America belt. It's a television uh, belt. Most people don't watch television anymore. We're streaming. It's not TV. What we should have had is trios. And I'm not talking about basic trios. I'm not talking about how you just see three men in a ring. I'm talking full-on fucking lucha uh, trios. We know that the refs in uh, A-dubs are weaker anyway. And we know the lucha brothers just fucking ignore the rules anyway. So fuck it. Go full, um, full lucha trios. No tags. If one reactive wrestler leaves the ring, next one is legal. Boom. You go for the uh, coolest way of doing it. Uh, either you win by pinning the captain of the team or both other members. That gives you a nice little way of having some pacing, bit of storytelling, makes it tactical. We can go someone there. Traditional lucha matches and feuds often end with a ladder match. Who doesn't love ladder matches? Sure, they can be uh, a bit of a clusterfuck at times and a bit crazy, but if you've got a bunch of Mexican wrestlers and, I suppose, other people emulating the style going crazy, you are going to get that one high spot, beautiful, over-the-top match that we all love. Stop trying to dress it up and going, oh, you know, well, we'll throw some high spots in here, or this match isn't high spotty. Go fucking crazy. Bust out the Lucha trios. And I know what you're thinking more, because we discussed this. Not enough teams. I can name six without trying. SCU, the best friends, the elite, the inner circle, the nightmare family. Sonny Kiss is in with them, don't forget. And the Dark Order. And fuck it. You know what? If we mix this up, and I know people are worried about it, but I will defend intergender wrestling until the end of days. Make it intergender. Then, throw in the free bird rules. Then we can, have, um, we can have Jimmy Havoc, Kip, and Penelope Ford. They all live together. British feel uh, heel super bad. Get all the Japanese wrestlers together. Uh, in fact, the ones connected to Kenny. Kenny's Japanese, nationally. He is a uh, Japanese citizen. Kenny, Nakazawa, Riho, Shida, boom. Fuck it, team loser. Brandon and Avalon, um, their feud gets over, one of them wins. If you've got into gender, you can throw in Lever Bates. She's actually good in the ring. Uh, people don't like uh, men fighting women, women fighting men, because for some reason they can't differentiate between real and, act and acting, well, performance combat. You can have, um, if a man is in the ring, the woman has to tab out, jump out, though I think that is weak. 
Um, it's it's lit. It would be so much more entertaining. Like when I watched WrestleMania, the only matches people really got excited about or went on about, other than the cinematic ones, were things like Alistair Black and um, is it Uso? Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, yeah. And then we had the three way where we had you know, John Morrison, Kofi, Uso guy, the Street Profits versus people who actually looched doors. The most excitement I heard in a lot of the, in those um, two nights were these exciting, over-the-top, flippy moves, ladders, exciting, dramatic characters, not just two big, meaty men slapping meat. And that is what Trios gives you. It takes you to a little bit outside. Uh, outside. It takes you into another culture. If we were going to go to Japan, I could argue about Japanese death matches, but no one really wants to see that casually on TV. The EC-dub days are gone. But Lucha Wrestling is... As old, if not older, than American traditional wrestling, luchador wrestling is a street performance art designed for entertainment, to tell the story of heroes versus villains, Rudo versus Technico. Why not? Why do we not just emphasize a new kind of... uh... A new kind of wrestling. Like when I first started watching uh, AEW when it started, we saw the Japanese uh, Joshis matches, and I got loads of people into looking up Joshis from that. Why not go a bit more Mexican? Why not give us a bit of that street performance, them chaotic madness? Let them improvise. Let them go crazy. It, it would have just been so much better than a belt for probably Cody to lose, or it'll be him versus Lance Archer. it's not telling any new stories. It's not bringing any real conflict. Whereas a a trio's belt, people would be excited. You're seeing something new. God, I'm ranting about this more than I thought I was going to. I did not realize I was this passionate about Mexican wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, just... It is theater. They love hardcore matches, TLC matches, mask versus hair. Go full trios, Lucha. I'm just going to go into tautology and repeating myself there now. So that is my rant of the week. I hope you are convinced. Um, and think about how many more teams we could get from all the new indie people they're getting in and stuff. Yeah, I'm, Sorry. I, I'm totally with you. Um, I think that the TNT Championship uh, is just the same guys that are competing for the World Championship competing for a different belt. Uh, yeah, especially, just... with the, especially when you've got the... Um, the win-loss records and the rankings. Are you going to suddenly have a rankings for the TNT and that suddenly makes a whole bunch of your singles wrestlers, your male singles wrestlers, actually lower than the other ones? Whereas if you had a trios, it doesn't necessarily become secondary to the tag team. Um, It can be for your tag team mid-card, inverted commas, um, but uh, it doesn't become that because you have those... Because they can compete for the tag team and they can compete for the trio, so you can have so many different stories. But the trio yes. is a whole different division. Yeah, you basically... Um, so NJPW is all about factions. There's uh, four big factions. Chaos, Goodies and Faces. Um, Suzuki Goon, really Japanese heels. Bullet Club, American heels. And Los Ignorables, my personal favourite faction. The uh, tweeny asshole losers, basically. Um, and, you know, they enter all manner of tournaments. You know, one guy will go for the big belt, one guy will go for the junior heavyweight belt because it's based on weight category there. Fuck it, that's not a bad idea. 
they have a six-man tag belt, and people from different factions go everywhere, and AEW seems to be running into that similar sort of level. They seem to like factions. They seem to be inspired by that. So I just don't see what, why not. I think it would have been better than a belt that essentially just goes, so these are the guys who are good, but they're not quite as good as the good guys. You know? I don't think they've got the... Um, I don't think they've got... They haven't got the WWE problem of having too many wrestlers. So you don't... I don't think you need another singles division. I think a trios division would have added something new. But yes, I think we've ranted enough about that. <laughs> I did not expect to get as angry about that as I did. <laughs> uh, so now it's that time. We still haven't had any questions. Send us questions. We Please are, send us questions. We are WrestleOP1 on Twitter. We are WrestleOpinionated at gmail.com. And we are WrestleOP on Facebook. Send us questions, stuff for discussions, things you'd like us to rant about. Um, considering that I gave that to Mr. Strange as a rant yesterday. Um, <laughs> for him to rant about. You can see how passionate he can get about something when you just give him a theme. I really like obscure, specific wrestling. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> so, now we're going to move on to our discussion of the week. And I'm going to let you lead off with this, Mr. Strange, and explain what we are going to do, and you can have your first two picks, one of each. Oh, one of each. Okay, so we decided we would... Um... We would uh, discuss who would you draft from other promotions, other areas into uh, AEW, which originally I thought was just going to uh, be an, a simple one and we'd just be like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. Um, I spent... Oh, yeah, so it's two men, two women. I personally set myself the rule of making sure that um, no one from the same category was from uh, the same promotion. Um, but... That's just because I wanted to make sure I got some love out to those obscure guys. Uh, he says with his two main men's choices. I had, I had a lot of an easier time picking men than I did women. And that's not because yeah, there's not, there wasn't enough women or such like. Just because there was such an ocean of really talented female wrestlers who are not in, in mainstream known Western promotion, shall we say. So I'm going to, uh, I'll begin with the most obvious male choice for me, Kota Ibushi. And um, because my second choice may, uh, may require more explanation, I'll go for my first WWE entry, Asuka. Those are the two people I'd draft. Do you want me to explain why now, or do you want to get yours out first and we'll do comparisons? Um, I think you explain why you've picked those two and then I'll do uh, my first two and explain and then we'll we'll decide on who gets drafted from each of us. All right, wicked. Okay, so Asuka obviously um, is just fabulous. Uh, she is a classically changed Joshi. She's actually uh, been in matches with most of the people I wanted, uh, most of the other Japanese wrestlers I wanted to pick. Uh, she, she's wonderful. I, 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 nobody who knows who Asuka is needs me to explain why I draft Asuka. She is a fucking infinite well of charisma. She's great in the ring. She's entertaining. But also, if you take it to AEW, she knows how to fight a lot more of the Joshis and people like Kenny. She's you know, got history with them. She can bring that more, uh, more medium-sized Japanese woman. 
<laughs> to uh, to the AEW ring. She can bring that that flair, brings a bit of fame. People know her. But I, I don't need to espouse her skills. She's wicked, and she'll be fighting people like Shida, Yuka, Riho, people she and um, B, people she has fought in Stardom, people she knows. On a similar way that I wouldn't need to explain if you knew who Kota Ibushi was, I, I will explain because I'm aware that not everybody knows who Kota Ibushi is. One, you should look up Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi is one of the world's strangest men. He's in his mid-30s. He is uh, described as, uh, in, in my need to give every wrestler an additional nickname, he is the perfect man, Kota Ibushi. He may very well be the best wrestler like active at the moment in actual skill high flying power moves technical moves really realistic strikes uh he's got a weird charisma to him like his i'm trying to explain his character and him and i'm not sure they're different things this man lives wrestling nobody knows how rich he is it's suspected he's uh, he's paid for by his life is paid for by his dad, who is a extremely successful doctor or such like. But it's well known that he's a millionaire, and he he's always wearing like some combination of like twelve quid, quid jeans with like a fifteen grand jacket. He he's got such weird things he said in his promos, like I don't like lettuce; it pisses me off. I don't read comics. It makes me hear voices in my head, and that pisses me off. You can't trust books. Um, but that's not why we're getting him. We're getting him because, of course, the Golden Lovers storyline. Not only matters this man a fabulous wrestler who Kenny Omega basically tried to emulate and become like, uh, he, is, he has a genuine love story that lasted like four or five years with Kenny Omega. They lived together. Kenny was his young lion, his living student. They were best friends and possibly more. I can't actually comment on either of their sexualities or relationships, but there was definitely a... Uh, well, they were called the Golden Lovers. And there was definitely a closeness there that is not... Um, not what you'd expect in a regular male friendship, shall we say. And I think Kenny's even hinted at him in the story. Uh, he was mentioned about being left behind in his uh, one Titantron screen. He uh, kicked out of the books, uh, hitting him with the uh, Golden Lover's knee finisher in that one match. The story is laid. It is ready. And Kota Ibushi is just fabulous. He is wonderful. From goofy guy who's incredible with strikes and moves to the... He's got this thing in the ring where if you smack him in the head or punch him in the face too much, he snaps and becomes what is uh, known online as Terminator Ibushi. Where... I'm going to say he no-sells blows, but he no-sells them in like a realistic sort of way. Of It doesn't look like they're not hurting him. He'll still bounce and take bumps, but he just gets back up with madness in his eyes. I love Kota Ibushi, and he should be drafted as soon as his... Now probably two years with NJPW are left. Because Kenny even said when he came that he, if he'd invited Ibushi, he would have come instantly. But he couldn't do it because Kota needed to win the IWGP heavyweight belt first. Because that's like Kota's life dream. Kota's got that belt. Has he? Yes, Kota has had that belt. It could be time. It could be time! So those are my first two picks.
okay those are strong they're 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 going to be hard to follow um so for my first two i've gone with the slightly lesser known um so i i will do my my woman's wrestler first though i am going to give a special shout out i'm not i'm not drafting this person but i'm giving a special shout out to rhea ripley who i was tempted to draft due to the fact that vince should not be allowed nice favor. things <laughs> Come, Rhea, you're safe now. <laughs> Vince, you are not allowed. This is why you can't have nice things. Um, so for my first pick, uh, my women's pick, is my lesser-known wrestler. Um, she was uh, in Lucha Underground. She was Mariposa. Um, she is a fantastic females wrestler. Uh, she has an interesting gimmick. If she comes bringing the mask, etc., that's something completely different. She's a great female wrestler with a character, an ability to character and cut a promo, something that AEW's women's roster desperately needs, as we have ranted about previously in the only rant we've done, which both of us ranted. Um, if you've listened to our WrestleMania review, you know how passionate I am about women's wrestling and how much I enjoy it. Uh, she cuts a great British, uh, great promo in English. Um, she also has that ability to appeal to a Mexican crowd because I believe that she speaks Spanish and is uh, uh, certainly, um, I believe she's a Mexican wrestler. Uh, she just something special she can have great intergender matches which she's had and is something i would like to see and she's big enough and powerful enough to start breaking those barriers down towards uh having intergender matches and uh removing of stepping away from that wwe family friendly thing of because it, it comes from we can't have men hit women you can when the woman hits them back just as hard and as long as you're never playing on any kind of abuse storyline and it is just a match of two warriors like it was in lucha underground uh, i don't see that as being a problem so uh, she's not hugely known uh, so she would be a good new rising star she doesn't come with the um the fame from being in wwe which is an advantage and a disadvantage she'd be a great choice to suddenly come out of nowhere to be a heel to unseat a babyface champion yeah, no, she was wicked, and that is a strong choice. I always, uh, and, I always approve of bringing a bit of the weird luchery. Yeah, uh, my first choice for male wrestler is Alistair Black, um, somebody who had so much promise in NXT. Uh, he was the champion. Um, he was the champion for a cup of coffee, but they drafted him quickly. Um, yeah, he is uh, strong friends with Ricochet. Uh, they fought together and across from each other many, many times. The guy can do everything. He is a big guy who can fly, who's not like um, the Mac, who was another person I, I considered uh, bringing from Lucha Underground. I thought about the Mac. Yeah. Or um, uh, the uh, any of the other big guys that they had that could move like that, could fly, uh, do big moves. Uh he is a muscle guy. Uh, he looks like a destroyer. He looks like a terminator. He has not been used well on the main roster. And I think he's floundering in a world of bigger guys, other big guys. Uh, his kicks and strikes are phenomenal. They um, are wonderful. Yeah, he looks like he takes people's heads off with his finisher. He has a kick finisher that looks like it legitimately hurts, which means he fits in very well with that 
Japanese style that you have coming across in AEW with people like Kenny who can work stiff. Uh, I am hoping that they have Alistair Black versus Samoa Joe at some point in WWE. Ooh. But more importantly, I'm hoping that Alistair Black moves over and he brings a supernatural character uh, or can be a supernatural character, that very dark goth character. Weirdly, which we could work, probably over. work really well with uh, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, yes, uh, I think he could have great matches with Jimmy Havoc, and I think he would be the person to unseat Lance Archer. Oh, so those are my picks and why I think so. Um, They're strong. We've never got to argue these down. I've got my, we've got our second selection in each. Or are, we, um, or are we breaking these ones down first? I, I think, I think we, we, we break these down and then I think overall we draft two and two. Okay, cool. Well, I'm not giving up Ibushi. Uh... Uh, <laughs> th- yeah, this is the thing. I was going in and you, you said Ibushi and I said, and I thought, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going I'm to have to set up links. The man had a really good match with a sex doll on his own. Uh, that uh, <laughs> the storyline, the Golden Lovers storyline, um, Abushi was certainly on my radar because of that. Yeah, um, and the fact that it's still being told, like you know, Kenny is still acting and has still made references and looked sad about things. Like they they blatantly don't want to give that up yet. Yeah, um, I I will concede. Do you want to get the others in? I think, sure? I think, yeah, I think, well, we're, I think, we're I think yeah, I think we may, we may have to bring the others in and then decide on our two and two from the others. So over to you for your second, two second picks. Okay, I'm going to start with the men's this time. It's because this is the easier choice, and the second, and the women's has the more gush. Uh, it's of course our uh, favourite hero, Trevor Ricochet. Um, Ricochet has has suffered in the WWE. It, it's not the place for him. Um, he's he gets built up, knocked down. He's not a great promo guy. Like I loved Prince Puma, uh, but Ricochet is not the best man on the mic. He's fabulous at the high flying flippy shit, and he is probably one of the very few people who can uh, rival Phoenix. But he's just not at home in WWE, is he? But do you know where he would be at home? With the man he trained with. Dare I say it? His best friend, Chuck Taylor. <laughs> you bring Ricochet into the AEW. You, he has got people he's worked with in Lucha Underground. People he's worked with on the Indies. People he's worked with in Chikara. People he's worked with in NJPW. He's got a more comfortable friend circle. Which means you can give him all the flips, all the bullshit. And he can still sort of be that quiet sort of dorky guy. Kenny's a bit of a quiet sort of dorky guy, but Kenny's Kenny's got a bit more love and push with it. But you give Ricochet his own little team with the uh, the best friends. You throw him in; it'll definitely help when they're uh, doing the uh, trios and tag league team combination. When you're factioning <laughs> this stuff, <laughs> you know, I I think. It would help lend a bit of uh, the NJPW chaos faction to them. It helps push a uh, factional feel. And in all honesty, he needs to be used in a place where he can be used and respected. And that's not somewhere where any big matches is strongman squashes you with three finishers. 
Give him to a team of people who will take care of him. Let him get his confidence on the mic and build built up with a team. And in a world of meta jokes where people fucking love you spinning about. And we'd probably get to love him in things like BTE and Sammy's vlog and shit. Because you'd actually see him as him. Not him as jumpy man who says he's a superhero and then gets annihilated because he wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia because he's got morals. Um, best not wax political on the podcast, Matthew. Uh, so yeah, Ricochet, Trev, that's my, uh, my second male entry. Now was the one which uh, I punished people for on the uh, uh, last night. Who was I going to pick for my secondary uh, female? Began with uh, Kagetsu, my personal favourite female wrestler. Um, I don't get celebrity crushes, and I can't say what I have for Kagetsu is really a crush. I'm not, like, attracted to her in, like, you know, a romantic sexual way. I am attracted to Kagetsu just because she's fucking badass. In the same way, I'm a little bit attracted to Kurt Russell. You know what I mean? She's got character, charisma, power moves, technical moves, and she brought a... The electric barbed wire baseball bat to a death match. But she's retired. Same with Hannah Kimura, another member of Odeo Tai. And Hannah would have what I would describe as more marketability to an American audience. She's a taller, more traditionally attractive, dark-haired lass who could do fucking everything in the ring. Also retired this year. Then I went down to uh, some of the other... Ladies I know from other things. Taya Valkyrie, great choice. Loved Taya, loved her in Lucha Underground. Just just didn't quite win me over enough. Jordan Grace, once again, fucking wicked. She's a proper power moves, power lifter lass. But I didn't want her to step on um, Nyla's toes. Tessa Blanchard, Tully's daughter, really good. Winning the Impact title, fighting against men in a proper intergender place. Didn't really want to take her away from that. Uh, didn't know if she rivaled some of the others. Also, she might be a racist. Not too sure on that one, but there's been a bunch of controversy over it. So Tessa was out. So obviously I started poaching through Japanese wrestlers because that's, uh, <laughs> that's my forte. Uh, I always pick Jamie Hayter, but I don't know if she's actually signed or not or just has some on-off contract because I fucking love Jamie Hayter when she was in there. Um, and so eventually I busted it down to three Japanese female wrestlers. One was Maki Ito, who uh, is the indestructible forehead, headbutt, comedy, princess, cutest heel who just says swear words in English and is in a tag team with another man who I would have put forward, Chris Brooks. But she's not quite actually that good in the ring. She's all character work and we've got Yuka as a comedy Joshi. Uh, then there was Tam Nanako, who is fabulous, only been wrestling a few years, but she came from a martial arts and sports background. Uh, she's also 31, which is quite old for a Joshi, because most Joshis tend to retire in their late 20s, because Japanese society says that you get married and settle down. Um, and she's fabulous, she does a lot of awesome, awful, awful, awesome, awesome things. But my final entry is the Sky Blue Technician. The icon of stardom, Mayu Iwatani, uh, who was a. Uh, no one out there, if you don't watch Japanese wrestling, will know. She was uh, Yure in the uh, Black Lotus Triad in Lucha Underground. That was the second one. Um, 
that Pentagon fought, and she can do everything. Power moves, really brutal-looking strikes, poison runners. Um, she de- I've seen so many Northern Lights suplexes looking through Japanese women's wrestling. So many. Not my you. She does a dragon suplex where she probably holds them up and just fucking backslams them. She is awesome. She, I mean, I just buried you in gifts of her last night, if I recall. This is true. I was like, look at this woman. She can do this. Look at this woman. She can do this. Uh, I will find some good matches to link when we actually get this up. Um, because words can't do justice for this uh, this lady. She can do everything. And she's... AEW is a brilliant place for Joshis. And although I have narrowed it down to uh, two of them, and although Asuka is a better known uh, Japanese wrestler because of her place in AEW, I think Mayu would gel a lot better with the Japanese crowd, uh, the Japanese wrestlers over there. I think she's going to get better matches from your Yukas, your Rihos, and your uh, Shidas. Um, She's done intergender stuff. She's fought Kenny, if I recall. I sent a gif of that. If you really want to get that Joshi experience, which we had at the start when they first did the, the buy-in and stuff, when it was just tiny Japanese women. I mean, Mayu's not that tiny. She's not like Yuka size. She's more, you know, <laughs> regular uh, wrestler size. You only really seem to get that Joshi brutality where they really go for each other with other Joshis, with other people who've trained in stardom. And uh, Mayu, Mayu is just that dangle tea. That, that's what she is. Uh, so those are my second two choices. I'm going to try to find some matches to show off a couple of these people to put in our comments. Okay. Um, so those are, again, strong choices. Um, yep. So... I went back and forth a lot on who my other male wrestler would be. Um, I considered Marty the Moth because him and Ariposa were a great package uh, back in Lucha yeah. Underground. I considered the Mac again from Lucha Underground. Um, uh, there were a couple of Japanese guys I considered, but I went eventually with a guy who um, has been everywhere. And everywhere except WWE, he has been had the chance of being the top guy. And I think he can be the top guy. And he's currently stuck back playing the same old character he used to play back in WWE. So I did pick two from WWE for my males. And that's John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Elite. Uh, I want to see Johnny Elite. The guy can talk. The guy can do brilliant comedy. Uh, Him and Matt Hardy in a... Just his ability to do cheese comedy alongside Matt Hardy. He's a guy that you can put the belt on. You can put the main belt on him and he can hold it. He's got the look. You can send him out to do promo work and you will have women. Since I always joked that when he grew the beard, he grew it because he was less offensive to men because he wasn't as pretty. He was ruggedly (laughs) handsome. Therefore, you could put him out as a baby and he was a baby face. He had a beard. Uh, when he did it first, WWE. Because when he was the pretty boy, you're not going to like that. The guys don't necessarily like that. When he's the ruggedly handsome guy, he became from the guy that would steal your <laughs> girlfriend to the guy you wanted to be. And 
uh, he is a great comedy promo. His promo work has improved so much. We're seeing that again in WWE, his work with The Miz. In Impact, he proved that he can be the badass. He can be a really silly comedy face. And you talked about wanting a trios, and you talked about you know some of your guys, how Ricochet could go into a trios. Can you imagine him with the hybrid two? Oh, mate, that would be wicked. Uh, him and Jack Evans, um, that sarcastic yeah. uh, lead. But you could also have him as a chicken shit heel champion. He is a legitimate to be a champion. He has the high-flying moves that goes with it. And WWE have not put him in the place he should be. He should be vying for that top title. Um, he's done his time in the mid-lower mid-cards. He's done that time in the mid-cards. He did that in WWE. He went off, specifically went and did comedy improv. He knew himself that his um, his talking wasn't great, and he went and worked on that to make it better. Uh, so, yeah, that's my pick for male. Oh, it's a strong choice. So my pick for female wrestler for my second pick... Um, Again, I thought of Rhea Ripley, but I, I've let her off. Vince <laughs> will not allow nice things. Um, so my pick for a female wrestler is she's currently injured. So to say that WWE hasn't done anything with her is a bit unfair. Yeah. But she has suffered from not being part of the original four horsewomen of NXT who went up to the main roster in WWE. If you're one of the original four horsewomen, then you, you've got the belt and you've been the top woman. If you're not, if you've been one of those ones who was actually better, in my eyes, or I enjoyed more after they paved the way, and that is the person I consider to be the follow-on from Asuka, and that is Ember Moon. Uh, Ember Moon is fantastic. She's the war goddess. Um, the Sheenom, which I always thought was a much better nickname. That's a fabulous for her. name. It's a much better nickname for her. Uh, you've got that strange supernatural character. She would have great matches with everyone. She's got a character. She can talk. Um, she doesn't get to suffer from the problem of um, English not being her first language, which yeah, that's some, some of the others. Um, she <laughs> is an African-American wrestler as well. Uh, just gives a little bit of extra diversity into the matches. That's someone for Big Swell to have matches with and have a different dynamic. Um, also, she's a and d player. Oh, God. So <laughs> her and Brandon... So her and Brandon, you know... She has a badass look. I've just got a picture of her up and I'm down with it. Yeah, you know? she looks awesome. Uh, she looks fantastic. And if if... This goes the way I expect it to in a moment, and we draft Oscar. Well, the person who beat Oscar for the NXT Championship, sorry, the person who didn't beat her, the person who nearly beat her and didn't get that chance to get the win because Oscar got injured was Ember Moon. Uh, um, so you're hoping for those two to go in as like a uh, as a combo uh, storytelling move. Uh, that is part of my my pitch towards why, because I I think I know where this is going. Uh, from the first round. Um, well, I know where the men are going. Uh, I think I think I've decided where the men is between us. I'm sorry, Trev and Alistair. <laughs> You're yeah, very pretty good. Much. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my uh, pick for the women's. So yeah, uh, now we've got to split these down. Um, it's I a think... Bushi Mundo, isn't it? 
<laughs> it's certainly a bushy. I'm not going to stand in the way of my pick of Mundo. Um, and I oh. think if you want Mundo or Alistair, Johnny Morrison is my uh, is definitely my pick preference out of the two. Now, I love Trev. Uh, and I think Alistair Black's really good. But I think Alistair Black is doing all right in WWE. And... Um... He, he's not necessarily adding anything fantastically new. The same with Trev. Like, I love Trev, and I would love to see Trev with his mates uh, being best friendy and actually enjoying himself and being taken for, yeah, yeah as, being as respected. It's, it's not seen as a step down anymore. Uh, there would be nothing wrong with Trev taking a sidestep back to NXT um, and getting the chance at the NXT Championship that he didn't get a chance to because he got drafted so quick. But this isn't about them. I can't pick these things based on them. We're picking this for our draft. We're uh, a company. Uh, yes, but as, as I'm saying is that, that you know, that there is there is a safe space for our Trev that, that we like. That, 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 well, Vince has taken over NXT. You never know. It could get fucked instantly. I think it's still mainly Triple H's baby because Vince has got the XFL coming up oh, at the moment. Off. So he, he's gone off to play American football. Well, um, I'm not backing down on Ibushi, and I think you're I'm right backing. I, I'm, I, I, I will back you on Ibushi. As <laughs> um, soon as you said it, I knew I'd lost that one. <laughs> I was ready. I was armed for Ibushi. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm so, going to send you some bits. He, he's, he's, he's wonderful. First women's pick. Um, again, <sighs> I, I think you're winning. You're, you're winning round one for me. Um, you see, I, I, the thing is, I'm tempted to batter to. Uh, I love Asuka, and I think she's great. And I think Ember Moon is probably your uh, your strongest uh, pick because uh, she looks fucking cool, and I'm down with it. Uh, different look, different theme, a lot of cool moves. You know what I mean? Well, but Asuka now was going to be one of my picks until I knew that you'd picked it in a discussion we had before. Uh, so I yeah, she is awesome. I, I'm thinking you're going to clean sweep round one. <laughs> oh no, you're going to beat you're going to beat my favourite choice, but your choice makes more sense than mine. Yeah, Abushi and Asuka, it's got to be. As Asuka is wonderful. People praise her. She's done Joshi work with uh, loads of the other ones. Uh, you know the uh, Japanese trained wrestlers over in AEW. She spent a long uh, time yeah. working a Western style as well. Yeah, exactly. So she's got a wonderful mix. Um, I've not seen anyone ever shit talk her. Like I've heard, m maybe she's a bit stiff in the ring sometimes. That could have been something I heard. But from what I understand, she is beloved by all. If Big E celebrates you in his house daily, I uh, she's one. She's 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 wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and yeah, as much as I love Mariposa and I put forward my arguments, the second you said Oscar, I was like, yeah, I, she, she was going to be my pick. Yeah. Um, Oscar is amazing. She is one of my, she's probably my, she's in my top two uh, yeah. favorite wrestlers, um, irrelevant of gender. Uh, and as I say, the only reason she's not uh, my top female wrestler is because Tony Storm is a Motley Crue fan. And that is the only reason. <laughs> no other reason whatsoever. Oscar is probably my favourite wrestler, if I'm being honest. The only reason she doesn't top Tony Storm is because Tony Storm is a Motley Crue fan, and that is part of her gimmick. 
Yeah, it, it, it's very you. Then again, I was instantly won over by Rhea on the weekend when she came out dressed as Vegeta as a punk. I was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> hooray! And um, so then it comes down to uh, John Morrison versus Ricochet. I think we've already argued this out, haven't we? Yeah, we. Yeah, that that, that our, our main our men's league was too easy for us to do. There was instantly John Hennigan, Johnny Elite, Johnny whatever you want him to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, and weirdly, it would actually deal with one of my other problems, because if they got John Hennigan, they'd probably actually get Tyron as well. So that's like a cheeky little bonus plus from him. Uh, she honest. made an appearance. We forgot to mention it. She made an appearance on Being the Elite. And did. She's been on it before. They made, Well, they've both been on it, but they also yeah. made a slight joke because they went about, they mentioned um, Luchasaurus, who was, of course, trained by Johnny, I believe. Yeah. Um, and her saying, oh, no, he's not here. You can't see him. Because obviously he can't appear on being the elite right yeah, now. Yeah. Apparently she was, if you uh, watch it through, she was listening to uh, him and the Miz's entrance music when uh, when Luchasaurus arrives. I have been waiting for when they've been doing Renee Young at home. I really want um, Mox to walk past her in the background on WWE. Yeah. But we're, we're well, diverging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of the meta jokes. And as we've drafted Oscar... Um, as much as the stuff I saw last night, um, I've not. Another, yeah, I've not sent you a full match, not a promo. Another Joshi is another Joshi. Yeah, uh, yeah no, you're right. Ember I'm can so cut. It's a it's a Western <laughs> it's a Western audience, um, and Ember can cut a promo, and her and Oscar have a ready-made story. That she can yeah. get that match. You can bring Oscar in first, and then Ember. Can, you can bring Oscar in as a heel as a hard-hitting heel, and then bring Ember in to topple her. I should have double-blagged you and said I was doing Oscar and then not done it and just come in with all my weird choices. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to pick Oscar. Ha, joke's on you. <laughs> pick one of these women you've never heard of. <laughs> well, I, I, knew, I knew I was going to blindside you with Johnny Mundo because I sort of changed that pick about three times because Ricochet yeah. was on my list as well. <sighs> So there yeah, you no, have it. Right. So our draft picks to head from anywhere else to AW would it's reform the golden people. <laughs> would reform the golden lovers. Uh, would be Kota Ibushi and yep. uh, Johnny Johnny Elite. Let's give him the name he will have. Yep. Um, Johnny Elite, and for the women we would draft Oscar and Ember Moon. Uh, so I believe. That is I everything. Even, I can't even call Asuka a national treasure for Japan or America. She is a global treasure. She oh, she's is. awesome. Have you seen her YouTube channel? Ruth is subscribed. She copied her workout the other day. I'm not sure it's... it was actually a workout routine. It was just Asuka jumping about whilst Ruth copied her. Um, it, Oscar, um, from what I can tell, I've started watching it. It's Oscar does everyday things. And it's just... It's so Japanese. I, I, I do. I, I, so I, see, I will admit to having a little bit of a crush on Oscar anyway. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I'm... I mean in that kind of way, not just because she's a hard hitter. I've got a bit of a crush on Oscar. Yeah. I'm weirdly immune to uh, crushes, uh, celebrity crushes. I have not had a celebrity crush since uh, 1997 Gwen Stefani. Uh, my, uh... My, my celebrity crush has been... Um, has been uh, Faith from Buffy 
since Faith was in Buffy. <laughs> no. Eliza Dushku has been my celebrity crush since she was Faith in Buffy, and that has not changed. Oh, bless. So for me to develop others... Um, yeah, Oscar... Tune in for wrestling, learn about our uh, crushes. Yeah, and the other one is uh, Kyrie Sane, because Kyrie Sane is the cutest human being in the world. And I mean cutest in that way of fluffy bunny rabbits, etc. She is the most cute woman in the world. Yeah, I can see that with a comedy sort of piratey Japanese. I'm buried in Japanese women's wrestling over the last like, <laughs> You lucky days. devil. I've seen so many. Like, I was, when I was like, I like Kagetsu. Kagetsu is fucking badass. It was like, she's retired. I was like, oh, who else is in Odeo Tai? Oh, the other popular one was uh, Hannah Kimura. And Hannah Kimura is like a dark haired, tall Japanese woman with black lipstick and stuff. And I was like, this one is much more marketable. I don't, I haven't developed a crush, but I can see why H H Hannah would sell more than Kagetsu. She is also retired. Never mind. Down the list we go. Um, I, I'd just like to point out as well, having what we've been saying about Hikaru Shida recently, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Oscar. Yeah, that could be really fucking badass. Um, yeah, just more Joshis. More Joshis who can speak English, or at least cut a cool, you know, English equivalent promo. I mean, Shida is an exceptionally, I, I would say disgustingly talented human being if you watch any of the things she does. Like sing, play piano, uh, speak English, uh, make her own costumes, do wrestling, do choreographed dancing. She is one. Of, you know those people who you want to hate because they're so good at everything. But, That's yeah, Sheeda. But you can't. <laughs> but she's you, lovely. You can't because they're lovely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, she is. She is exceptionally wonderful. Uh, she also had rumours about her uh, being in a relationship with Kenny, which means, uh, you know, if ever that was sort of true, we could have uh, an Ibushi-Shida rivalry. Um, and then yeah. what, Shida get annihilated by the Terminator, I, who can do Kronos. I saw something online, and I don't know how true it is, but it was something that suggests Kenny is bi. I don't know whether he's out as being bi, so I don't want to link into speculation. Yeah, he doesn't really talk about it, and yeah. more power to him. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, there is there is a part of me that would think it would be fantastic if he did come out as because that would just be great. I mean, I, I would love to see WWE slash old school Jim Cornetti sort of fans anger at a three way love story involving Kenny Omega, Ibushi, and Shida. That would be, and I don't really generally go for love stories in wrestling. I I judge the idea of it with uh, Mandy and Otis, even though that was arguably well executed. And I'd be down for that. I just just to see the public outrage from Bible Belt Americans. But it and would I, probably I, destroy I, their ratings. I'd quite like it um, because I think that that would be a really good story to have. Um, yeah. Uh, with you know, yeah, with our opinions on those things, you know, we, we have our our set of opinions, and um, yeah, I, I think that would be a great. And I think it would suit AEW to have a. They are a very open, much more forward thinking than the old school style yeah, of wrestling. It's super progressive. And Thank you. That's I, the word I, I was looking for. It's super progressive without it being in my face, um, which is uh, often a criticism which is used in uh, to defend a prejudice point of, you know, oh, I just don't want it in my face. But there, there is a correct way to do things. And, and, and AEW has pushed all manner of different things without making a fucking point of it. And I think they could own something like that. Yeah. So... 
with that being said, I think we are now at the end of our podcast. So remember, follow us, like, share, subscribe. We are Wrestle Opinionated, all one word on Spotify and Anchor.fm. We are Wrestle Space Opinionated on YouTube. I want to thank uh, Anchor.fm for hosting the podcast. Over to you, Mr. Strange. Please do get back to us. Please send us something. I know at least you listen, Wady. I'm looking at you and you, Tris. Um, send anything through uh, to the previous addresses. Also, wrestleopinionated at gmail.com. And uh, please follow my rantings at wrestleop1 on Twitter. Uh, I don't do many, but I am the one who's uh, writing all the comedy little bollocks posts. That's my responsibility, as Morg does all of the other work. Seriously, Morg is, Morg is the tech man who deals with me not being the most reliable or decent human being. So please get back to us. We actually, I really enjoy doing this for you people, even, uh, even though we are but small and growing. Uh, I enjoy chatting with my good friend uh, Morg in times of uh, plague over subjects that we are both obviously very passionate about. So get back to us. I hope you've enjoyed listening, and I'll pass you over to Morg. And all that leaves now is for me to say... Goodbye and good night.